the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. It's weird and pissed off what's ever in there. I'm going to use that for my next solo comedy show name. <laughs> I don't know what's in there, but it's weird, weird and pissed, pissed off, off, whatever it is. <laughs> I'd buy a ticket to that. <laughs> You're probably one of the few people that would. <laughs> it's not. It's not about... Quantity, it's about quality, all right? That's what I always tell my landlord when I don't have enough money. The money that I do hand him is very crisp. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. ironed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Laundered, in fact. Laundered in a way. <laughs> it's all those Chinese nail parlours that I own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? A shout out to everybody in the, shall we say, massage industry who's been doing it tough during COVID. I really feel for them too because my favourite takeaway shop is directly next door to a Vietnamese massage parlour, mm-hmm. which happens to have one of those QR code things that you can't enter until you've logged your details with the government to say mm-hmm. which business you've been going to. Mm-hmm. Who's going to a knock shop mm-hmm. and telling the government where they've been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not many people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like um, I actually basically before all this COVID thing happened i went to an animal rescue like quiz and fundraiser night and you know they had you know the the silent auctions all around you know you bid on the stuff yeah have i told you this story no i won of the prizes <laughs> that, that is the sound of the dog by the way <laughs> I've, I've been a very good partner and i've reverse fritzled my girlfriend for the evening so she's allowed to leave the house for a specified amount of time <laughs> she's is, partying and you're dog sitting yeah yes. i'm dog sitting yeah well, the well, yeah. So we went to the uh, the rescue, and there was, you know, one of the. S- <laughs> Hello. He knows he's being talked about. Oh yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> so obviously, all the different businesses would donate, you know, different prizes that you, you that you could win. Uh, <laughs> bottles of booze, cups, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. One of the businesses, and we must give a shout out to Black Knight Erotica, who very nicely decided to donate the world's biggest gift basket that was just filled with unknown products. Okay. And, okay, they did it in dark black cellophane so you couldn't actually see what was in the basket. You could only sort of grab a hold of certain things. You could have a poke. <laughs> oh, but you could feel when something's rather phallic. You could, yeah, you could sort of, you know, you could have a poke. I was convinced there was a sex swing in there. Um, anyway, and nobody would, would was like bidding on it. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know what? It's for the animals. So, you know, I, I put my... Technically, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I put my, you know, I put my bid down. You know, Liz, you have to put your name and then like your phone number. And then... I go off and then I went back to the table and someone's like, oh, oh, uh, someone's like, someone else is writing down on, on that prize. So I went over and there was like this, you know, this young couple who were being ridiculous and all and smoochy. <sighs> so they had stood there hand in hand. They decided to bid on the sex pack, except wait for it. It wasn't like Sam is vote, you know, is like putting a bid. It isn't Jessica's putting a bid. It's Sam and Jesse. Oh, hello, shared Facebook losers. So then I had to put my other bit. And so then Sam and Jesse came back. And then Dom and Louise oh. came. 
all these fucking couples had to put joint bids on there. And I'm there like, get try to single shame, man. Get fucked. You've already got a dick. I'm single. I need this dick more than anybody else here. So, oh, my God, I refused to, like, lose to those, like, yeah. single shaming fucktards. What, anyway. What name did you use? Just Liz or did you go with, like, Harry Palms McFiber? <laughs> McCorny, McCorny face. Yeah. <laughs> Going blind at 12.30 tonight. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Needless to say, because I am a warrior, I won the sex pack. <laughs> of course you did. It took two of us to carry it out to my car. <laughs> Basically, it was just the world's biggest, like, it was a, um, as your dog licks my knee, stop it. Basically, it was just, it was a basket of dildos. Nice. Basically, a basket of dildos and, like, smacking and all. Oh, my God, it's something that I had to call somebody to identify for me. Um, but get, also, as part of it, there was also a $100 uh, gift certificate to yeah. use in store. And then obviously, you know, COVID happening. Oh, no. And because we had, you know, whenever they're like, oh, you know, someone's got COVID in our state, they'd be like, oh, they visited this shop, this shop, yeah. and this shop. I haven't used my voucher yet for that same reason. The one time that you're supposed to be at home doing nothing but wanking. Yeah. You can't go and buy. What do you, what you get for 100 bucks in a sex shop, though? I know. Well, you know, I don't a, know. A, some- a molded life-size fist. <laughs> oh, my God. Quarantine wasn't that long. Calm down. <laughs> I know a lot of people that have worked in adult bookstores and yeah. their their um their experiences vary from extremely terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, straight up criminal conduct by the people that run them. Yeah. As in, have sex with me or your job is going to disappear. Oh. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Through to the most empowering, beautiful stuff. I was actually helping mm-hmm. someone who was working in a store. I was tutoring them in um, journalism. Yeah. And I sat out the back in, a, in a, just a warehouse full of dicks. Yes. Just, it was beautiful. It was like Amazon, like a true Amazon cock forest. <laughs> and every few minutes, like the little yeah. the buzzer of the door would go, they'd have to go outside. And people came in and they were just like, hey, I'm looking for some like 24 hole knee high hooker boots and mm. some like crotchless panties. Do you have those? Mm. The same way that I would go to the deli counter and go, uh, can I have some chicken necks? Yeah. And some ham. Yeah. Like, Really matter of fact. And they're just like, oh, no, sorry, we don't have 24 hole, but we've got these full lace-up things that go above the knee. They're actually quite comfortable because they're yeah. venting at the back. Oh, no, that's okay. I'll come back if I can't find something up the road at massive McDickhole's <laughs> Dick Emporium. Uh-huh. It was yeah. so nice. It was so yeah. nice just hearing people coming in and being liberated yeah. and just wanting to buy things that could potentially do serious damage to their internal organs if used incorrectly. Yeah. Well, you know, as long as everyone's consenting. Exactly. Uh, you know, grab them reins and hi-ho silver. <laughs> that should have been the government consent video that was just released in Australia. Oh, yeah. Please tell our overseas listeners who and have not who have not experienced this. Well, that's the other thing. Most of our listeners mm. are overseas people. Woo! So fuck you, Australia. <laughs> we're, we're here doing our best to be local and we've got yeah. more listeners in the United States than we do in... Fucking Australia. Laddie, tall poppy syndrome. That's what it is. Yeah. Gosh. Look at these cunts rising above their station talking Gosh. about dicks and ghosts. <laughs> My day we didn't talk about dicks and ghosts. We went to work. We failed to please our wives. 
<laughs> and if you, you know, you were down the pub and a ghost just happened to slap you in the face with his spirit cock, you know what? You just drank more beers and you pushed through it, mate. Yeah, it was his shout. Yeah, you didn't go talking about it on your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we have picked up some new American listeners too. So shout out to a Highway eighty eighty. We should have the. We should. I don't have the truck sound, unfortunately. Oh, wherever you are, uh, Avon, give us a. And then, and tape yourself doing it and send it to us. We'll play it on the podcast. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Drives a big rig, gets to all forty eight states. Mm. Fucking slacker. What's stopping you from getting to Hawaii? <laughs> Drive your fucking truck to Hawaii, Yvonne. Oh, my God. I've seen Waterworld. Strap that shit on a boat. Just get a rowing. Absolutely. Just get a rowing. Get, get to the territories. Get to Guam. <laughs> fucking people are lazy these days. <laughs> 48 states in one of the largest single connected land masses. Lazy. Lazy. Oh, kids today, I tell you. They are. Oh. But the consent video we're talking about. So mm. here in Australia, we're going through something of a crisis mm. uh, in terms of there's a whole bunch of... Uh, alleged, we have to be very ser- uh, clear about that, mm. alleged rapes and indecent assaults that have happened within our nation's capital. So, you know, imagine the Capitol building in America. That shit is going on mm-hmm. in the Capitol building. So mm-hmm. it's going on here in our parliament. Yeah. And to combat this, the Australian government has released possibly the wackiest, <laughs> wackiest fucking education campaign I've ever seen, where basically someone explains rape and consent using milkshakes as a metaphor. Yeah. And they just end up rubbing the milkshake in someone's face. Yeah. It's like, are we learning about consent or bukkake here? Like, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> well, no, it's actually true. I've actually seen like, um, but actually a similar thing a, a British company did, where they actually did online, except they used like a cup of tea and it was little stick figures. No. And it was like, oh, you know, having sex is like having a cup of tea. You know, someone well, you may- do it at grandma's. <laughs> someone may say yes to a cup of tea, but then by the time you've, you know, you know you've gone and you've made the cup of tea and you've boiled the water and you put the milk in, something may have happened and they no longer feel like a cup of tea. They're not obligated to drink your cup of tea. Sure, it's annoying, but they're not obligated to do it. If someone passes out, don't force the cup of tea down their throat. Be be Weinstein and tip that cup of tea into a pot pot. (laughs) So, yeah, it just seems to be a simple uh, concept, but this was quite aggressively creamy. It was, yeah. And the thing is, teenagers are all fucking each other. Mm. You don't really need to speak in such weird couch terms. Mm. It's like, does she want a root? Yes. No? <laughs> then fucking leave her alone. Yeah. 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 Does yeah. he want a root? Yes. Good. Go for it. Yeah. Does he not? Leave him alone. Yeah. Done. I know. It shouldn't be. You really think it shouldn't be that fucking hard. And then it should just be Mr. T just going, eat pussy. Yeah. Bam. Ooh. There you go. Boys, eat pussy. Yeah. Stop complaining. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they don't give a shit what you do on the footy field. Eat pussy. Exactly. No one cares about your picture of your fish. Yeah. No one cares about your picture of you snowboarding with your mates on Tinder. Yeah. Just have you holding a cat, licking it. No. Well, you no. know, suggestively. No. Picture of you. No. Have I, no. Got, have I gone too far with the ice no. cream? No. No. You have put it straight in their face and you're smearing it around. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't do anything of what he's just said. I'm pretty sure you're breaking state and federal laws if you do such. No. Oh, my God. You know what the other thing is? What? Oh, my God. I hate it so much. Dudes on Tinder where they just do that picture of them like with their tongue out. 
Like, oh yeah, that's not attractive. No, unless like, unless you're doing a haka and you're a kiwi. Yeah, it's it's not attractive. No, it's not. Just don't. You it's, know. A, it's a horrifying insight into your low level of oral, oral hygiene. Yeah, it just yeah, you know you know what? Just just you know, be a nice person. Listen to what we say. Yeah, and if we say let's go for it, eat the pussy. Yeah. Well, what's the universal signal for I eat pussy then? Um. You dress up like Captain America. Right. That's it. <laughs> I don't think the cap does. <laughs> oh, the cap totally does. No, the cap is from the cap is from very restrained 1940s American manifest destiny heroism. I don't think he gets down. I think he's very much missionary position, lights off. No. Really? No, no, because the captain is there. For the wants, the true wants and needs of the people. No. Cap Cap gets us. Cap gets us. I, I reckon the Falcon does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Falcon does. Uh-huh. Winter Soldier, oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know the Winter Soldier's chowing down. In fact, he, he may barely come up for other rations. <laughs> we know Aquaman can hold his breath. <laughs> Woo! And we know why he needs to be able to breathe while wet. <laughs> but Captain America, he turns on the radio to the baseball. Mm-hmm. Don't, look no, at, because, don't look at me. Don't look at me. No, because he's more experienced than anyone else in just, you know what I mean, closing their eyes and thinking of the flag. Okay, so he has gone to sleep in the 1940s. Yes. He's been frozen in the ice for 70 years. Yeah. He wakes up. So his idea of romance back then is a quiet social dance. Yeah. And he's woken up in a world where analingus is first base. Yeah. He's not going to cope. He is no, not- but see, everyone always forgets. Okay, so yes, he's Captain America, but at heart, yeah. he is a four foot tall, really extra skinny, Weasley nerd. Okay. N- that's never been a formula for being an incel, has it? <laughs> no, but his idea is- of dealing with that lack of masculinity is to become a massive super soldier. No, but he realizes that he in committed- his heart of heart, he is still so lucky to get with a lady. You've got to make the ladies happy. I guarantee you that guy has committed war crimes and he's got to punish a tattoo. No, no. No, because you know what? You know that it, it sums it up in the in the um the first when they made the uh, Captain America movies mm-hmm. when he has to get up the flag to get the flagpole, and yeah. all those guys are like jumping on each other and they're homoerotic climbing, slathering all over each other. What's Captain America doing? Standing to the side, eating pussy. No, he's not. Metaphorically, eating pussy. No, he literally. It's a it's a metaphor for his sexual dysfunction. He pulls the pole down. With one swift move. Yeah, because he realises it's not all about the pole. And if it's not about the pole, what's it about? It's about the pussy. <laughs> all right? Is he saying, forget the pole. Forget the pole. He's not interested in the pole. He's interested in the end game. And that end game is the pussy. True. It did get him a ride in the Jeep with the lovely lady. Yeah, so I'm talking. You know where she took him? She took him straight back to her pussy. <laughs> but I digress. Who else? Thor definitely eats pussy. Oh. Black Widow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Black Widow definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, I reckon the raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, he totally would. Yeah, he would. So yeah. would Groot. Yeah. Uh, oh, would he though? I think he'd be more like um, Evil, Evil Dead 1. Groot, is, sh- Groot is short for Great Root. <laughs> no, I just picture him as the little child. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to. That's weird. And Star-Lord is definitely a premature ejaculator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that talk. 
Yeah, no yeah. action. None. No action. Um, who else? Ah, uh, you know what? I don't know. I I don't think Iron Man's going down. No, I don't think so either. I think Iron Man is like a Elon Musk disappointing route. Ends up mm. with a weird fucking rapper and a child named after his password. Yeah. Type. Yeah. I see that totally. Yeah, and he's with Pepper Potts, who is Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. So she's busy making vagina scented candles and jade eggs and that's not someone who's sexually fulfilled. Can I say, what the hell is like this Jeff Bezos and like Elon Musk? Yeah. Like, okay, they're billionaires. How come neither of them are even remotely Batman or Iron Man? Like fucking slack ass pussies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Elon Musk is kind of like this weird Sort of like he's not Lex, quite. He's more like Lex. He's going more like Lex Luthor. He's these not days. quite Lex Luthor though, because he he still f- knows that there's more profit to be had in peace. <laughs> that's that's why. I mean, he's building a fucking tunnel. Yeah. You know, he's shooting cars into space. He's mm. sending fucking people into space. Yeah. And now claiming that he's amassing all these riches for the betterment of mankind. You know, whereas he, you know, whereas he actually made all the people in the Tesla factory work through a pandemic. Mm. The fucking prick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what got shot into space with the car? What workers' rights? <laughs> My favorite Elon Musk thing is when he went on the Joe Rogan podcast and he smoked weed. Yeah, and the the share price in Tesla dipped. <laughs> And everyone's just like, oh, my God, man, look at the power of Joe Rogan. He got him to smoke weed. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, no, he smokes weed. The The share price has dipped. That's not why the share price dipped. Yeah. It's because for the first time, Elon Musk was allowed in front of a fucking camera for a long period of time. <laughs> and they realized that he's basically one of those teddy bears from the 80s that used to play the storybook. And he's just only got a few lines and his mouth moves and none of that shit makes sense. Like, fucking Rogan is saying to him, so what do you actually do at Tesla? And he's yeah. like, Oh, mostly engineering. Yeah, but what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, uh, engineering. But what are you working on? I just engineering stuff mostly. Like I'm on the computer. It's like you do nothing. <laughs> yeah. You blood diamond mining fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. Although, oh my God, what makes me laugh is you've seen pictures of him in the 80s compared to pictures of him now. Oh, with that hairline that's magically reappeared. Oh, yeah. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy a hairline. <laughs> Speaking of revisionism, yeah. this is something that I came across on Twitter this week, which is fucking horrifying. Yeah. There's a company in the UK yeah. which has now perfected technology to retrospectively put product placement into classic films. <gasps> so quickly and easily and intuitively, and apparently they do it in it's – it's specialised for streaming services. No. Yeah, so they can actually change the product depending on what the advertising campaign is. No. Yeah. No, I feel so dirty. Yeah. So, you know, you'll be watching Chinatown. Yeah. And suddenly there's cans of Coca-Cola in there and stuff like that. No. 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 That's that's just this creepy whitewashing of hit. It's terrible. No. It'll be like, you know, in Aliens, they get onto Mother to try and find out what to do about the alien mm. and suddenly an ad for, a pre-roll ad for Raid comes on. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah, you know, like the coloured apple boop 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 boop. Like <laughs> up. Oh my god. Oh wow. No. I'm not No. Blade Runner. Can you imagine what they'll oh. do with Blade Runner? Oh my god. All those cool, weird futuristic ads just replaced with shit for manscaping and Yeah, 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 yeah. Suddenly Rachel's just an Alexa. <laughs> she just answers household questions. Oh my god. 
<laughs> How do I make quesadillas? It's a very nice owl. Do I put owls in quesadillas? No. <laughs> But that's one of like the joys of like old movies and like especially like the older sci-fi thinking what they think would be the yeah. future and you're just like, oh, that's so terribly wrong. And what they <laughs> thought was cool and hip. Yeah, Logan's Run. Nah. <laughs> Very wrong. Oh, my God. Like I used to love like the 70s, everyone getting around with their tab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mellow yellow and shit like that. Oh, and like no. Robocop. Can you, what are they going to oh, do with Robocop? Oh, oh. Replacing the 3000 SUX with a fucking affinity or something like that. You know? Oh, oh my God. The Supato Pathfinder. Oh, God. <laughs> Canyon Aero. <laughs> oh, well, that's just, that's just a, just, it's like just building a house of lies. It is. Oh, my it's, it's Hollywood Stalinism. It really is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you want to know what else is built on a house of lies? What's that? This is so weird. The topic that we're actually talking about this week. Whoa. I know. It's like you went forward in time and thought this conversation is going nowhere. I'm going to wrench that steering wheel back onto the road. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, Highway 8080. (laughs) Uh, This week we are looking at a house, a grand old house that sits on a hill, a hill of lies. Are we talking about Parliament House in Canberra? <laughs> lies, desire, tragedy, madness, and even murder. So, yeah, Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> built nearly a quarter of a century ago, a house built from questionable wealth would leave a legacy like no other. A quarter of a century ago? Yeah. 25 years. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. 125 years ago. No. Um, Nearly, um, ah, crap. (laughs) So it's an old house for Australian standards. (laughs) No, okay, no. (laughs) I I might have been up until very late. <laughs> and I should not give you shit because you do all the research for this show and I literally just twiddle knobs. Okay, about uh, built about 142 years ago. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Which is an old house in Australia. It's like an old house, yeah. Yes. A house built from questionable wealth would leave a legacy like no other. Uh. As this week, we spend the night at the Monte Cristo homestead. <gasps> Say that again. Monte Cristo Homestead or Down for the Count. Very good. Is that a count of Monte Cristo pun? Yes. Very good. (laughs) The only thing scarier, the Count of Monte Carlo. (laughs) Australia's favourite biscuit. Oh my god, yeah, he comes in at night and just slurps out the cream between the two biscuits. It's a fantastic biscuit and don't you ever fuck with it, aren't it? It's the one thing that'll make me go full terrorist. <laughs> don't mess with a man's biscuit. I live very close to the Arnott's factory. Oh. I get up in the morning and all I can smell is Monte Carlos. Oh. It's very hard to maintain anything close to physical fitness in this place. <laughs> <laughs> a battle I long lost. <laughs> oh my god! Well, if they're going to build a biscuit factory right next to you, the bastards. Mm. Uh, in January of 1876, at the age of 35, 
Christopher William Crawley acquired not one but two parcels of land in New South Wales, Australia. Mm. One, 400 acres. The other, 120 acres. Back when you could get land in this country. Oh, yeah. The area was remote, mainly farming, and life was harsh. The farms were a constant struggle. Through sheer coincidence and absolutely not from a tip-off, Christopher Crawley acquired a licence and opened the Railway Hotel in 1877. In the absolute middle of nowhere. Oh, was there a railway? It made no sense as there was no railway. (laughs) Until the following year when in in 1878 when the Great Southern Railway opened and the station just happened to be landing opposite The Crawley Hotel. Oh, there's a fucking coincidence. At the time, the village of Genie consisted of little more than Crawley's Hotel, an adjoining store, and a few uh, scattered mud houses and bark huts. The railway would open up the agricultural trade of the area and its wealth and population blossom. Mr. Crawley spared no expense in the construction of his stately new home and it sat like a king's castle looking down on the village below. The house was constructed by sandstone bricks made on site, its walls 18 inches thick. The walls on the upper floor 9 inches thick, its ceilings 12 feet high. It even held its own ballroom. For fuck's sake. Money, money, money. Australia's littered with these places as well. Because once they finish massacring all the local Aboriginal people, taking over their land, felling everything, just these fiefdoms popped up. So there's all these little castles all over outback South Australia, especially South Australia. There's a ton of them. Yeah. And he pretty much owned all of the land for the village. Yeah. In the fashion of the day, he applied decorations of plaster which ran throughout the home and cast iron lattice adorned the balconies outside. It also seems no one took heed of the voices of the local Aboriginal people. (laughs) Were there any left? Who had told the Crawleys that the area that they had chosen for their house was a sacred place and that disturbing it would disturb the natural balance of the area. And once unbalanced, this ang- this would anger the land and its effects would be powerful. Yeah. The house was unmatched in the area, both near and far, and it quickly became the area's true seat of power and social centre. The grounds held the region's first tennis court and golf course. Right. The first tennis court. Who are you going to fucking play? Yeah. Who <laughs> else is this? <laughs> You finish it off. Anyone? Anyone for tennis? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone for tennis? Anyone? You just just hit the ball and then it's just like, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) If child mortality wasn't so serious, they'd at least have a ball boy. (laughs) Totem tennis was born. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. I fucking know what I fucking play for fucking... (laughs) The Crawleys would have many children. Helen, Lydia, Florence, Angela, Mervyn. Mervyn! (laughs) Aubrey and Alphonse. 
Hello. <laughs> Was the milkman Italian by any chance? <laughs> I know. They're all just so like, you know, Florence, Marathon, Alphonse. <laughs> After having that many babies. Yeah. Like, seriously, the only way you're going to get that woman back in bed is if a swarthy Italian turns up. Hey, I know I had a munch of the clunger. <laughs> she had her first orgasm and named her child Alphonse. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Yep. <laughs> the Crawley's family wealth increased as the city did, as did their land holdings. The family owning pretty much the entire area of the whole town and all of the surrounding land. Mr. Crawley then donated land to the Catholic Church and financed the construction of St. Joseph's Church. Jesus Christ. Maybe to undo rumours that he had made a deal with the devil for all of his newfound extraordinary riches. Well, I'll tell you what, if you wanted to really disassociate yourself from evil, line up with the Catholic Church. (laughs) There's some good people in that sort of organisation. You know what? Maybe it's maybe it's about building your own like church sends you a crackpot. Mel Gibson was normal, and then he constructed his own chapel. Became an alcoholic, so, started cussing Jews. I'm yeah. just saying, maybe. There you go. Did you see the guy from The Passion of the Christ has come out as a QAnoner? Oh no, yeah. uh, uh, Casav. I can't remember his name. Casavetes. Something like that. He's ter- he turned up on some some live feed for some like municipal meeting going on about how they're putting mercury in babies and shit. It's like, dude. Oh. Oh. You know, my favourite story from The Passion of the Christ is when they were filming The Passion of the Christ, obviously, so they're there. Yeah. And that gentleman, it could explain his re- recent sort of <laughs> rantings. Yeah. Um, while he was actually up on the crucifix and they were they were some filming some shots and everyone was like, oh, there's supposed to be a storm coming. Should we like stop filming? And yeah. they're like, oh, we'll just get this last shot. As they were getting the last shot, storm came out of nowhere. Poof, crucifix struck by lightning. Holy fucker moly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Mel clutches his fucking rosary to dust. <laughs> so you're just like, how much would Because I feel bad enough, like, do you know what I Like, if cops look at me, let alone, let alone if God himself is striking my crucifix with lightning. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck. <laughs> That's not how it was. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, now, thanks to the family's immense wealth, the children were all sent away to be educated. When home, their mother was extremely protective of their daughter's fair skin, and none of them were ever allowed outside unless being completely covered and carrying green-lined parasols for extra protection against the sun. Except Alphonse, <laughs> shirt off, working in the paddock. Alphonse, although being an extremely gifted pianist. Hello. Yeah. A cunning linguist. Yep. Became a solicitor and held the record for longest serving solicitor by practicing for 62 years. Fuck, wouldn't you get sick of it? Oh, no, seriously. Oh, my God. There's only, like, would you just be, that's just me after being a solicitor for 62 years. Just, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure it's illegal to live that long and be a solicitor. That just <laughs> puts you in the ground. Well, usually Satan shows up and demands your soul before they. He but- doesn't want. They're dirty. He doesn't want them. Yeah. Oh, it's they're too much. Not even good for propping up tables in hell. <laughs> These things are shit. <laughs> so dirty. Blech. Oh. The Crawleys appeared from the outside to be the ideal wealthy Victorian couple. Successful, prosperous, and perfect. Yeah. But that image was very, very far from the truth. Mrs. Elizabeth Crawley was said to be fashioned much like the elder Queen Victoria usually only wearing a black lace dress, lace cap with a stand-up beaded collar and a lace cap. That's practical in Australia. Staff would tell stories of severe and harsh abuse and mistreatment by both Mr. and Mrs. Crowley. Oh, God. Mrs. Crowley ran the house with a rod of iron and not always figuratively. Oh, okay. As the Crowleys would regularly use corporal punishment on their servants for even the smallest misstep. Fucking join your union. I suppose they couldn't back then. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Well, and as well, including some of their servants were um, Aboriginal children that had been taken from their families to be re-educated and then forced to work for the white man for free. Yes, they weren't slaves. They were rescued. Yes. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> Australia's first feature film was about a um, rescued Aboriginal slave. Yes. Called Jeddah. Jeddah, yeah. Now, over 11 people have died in this house. And in this house, no one passes peacefully. Good. Although some would live a life that many would see as worse than death. Okay. It is said to this day that all their spirits still remain on this property. A maid for the family found herself unmarried and pregnant. (gasps) Alphonse. The pregnant maid was found dead on the steps of the home. It was reported as the maid had gone up and thrown herself over the balcony and its railing and committed suicide. Uh, I don't reckon you need the bush police to solve this one. It was rumoured that the child's father was Mr. Crawley. There's a fucking shock. The other rumour was that Mrs. Crawley was the one who had, in fact, dispatched the maid and her bastard over the railing and to their fate below. The maid's blood still stains on the steps to the front of the house. Attempts to remove the stain with bleach have only seemed to solidify its presence (sighs) and the bleach permanently staining the steps White. I love it. They kill the maid. Someone clean that up. Oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> That's why you don't clean, kill your maid. Exactly. Kill everyone else, but not the maid. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> the Crowley's youngest child would fall to its death down the household's main stairwell. Oh. The child was 10 months old and been in the hands of its nursemaid. 
The child had been dressed for a day out. The young nanny had confided to others previously that she had felt there was a presence in the house and it was not uncommon for objects that she had picked up to be knocked or torn out of her hands. This time, the object was the Crawley's 10-month-old daughter. The nanny claims that as she reached the top of her stairs, of the stairs, the child was torn from her hands and sent down the stairs. The child died and the nanny was sent to a hospital for the emotionally troubled. Oh, okay. Where she would spend the rest of her life. The nanny never changed her story that the child was snatched by an unseen force. Another young boy, a young stable boy, would burn to death. Okay. The young boy had reported to others that he had felt sick and so had stayed in his bed to rest rather than attend to his chores. The master of the house felt that the boy was simply faking illness to get out of work. So the master of the house responded by setting the young boy's mattress on fire as he slept. Fucking Jesus. The boy did not survive the fire. That's why we unionise. Absolutely. (laughs) Holy shit. Worst. You think you've got a bad boss right now? Yeah. I want to see this. I want to see an episode of this undercover boss. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, we're going to set you on fire today. What? What? Why? Clearly, why? I mean, you'd clearly be faking that. No, I've got the palsy lung. (laughs) (laughs) You're faking it, though, aren't you? You're faking the palsy lung. (laughs) No. um, Here's my lung. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want, dog? Actually, save that special effect for a minute. We'll need you. (laughs) Say it again, dog. Stage fright. He does. What do you want? Say, speak. Speak. (laughs) You stop poking the dog with your microphone. Oh, no, he's coming to me. What do you want? Oh, yeah, he's got his carrot. Okay, he's got half a carrot. Excellent. All right. What were we up to? Ah, um, Stable Boy just died. But this was not the worst fate. That was left for poor Harold Steele. Hang on, being burned on your mattress was not the worst thing that could happen. This is like like working at Dreamworld. (laughs) Harold's mother had been a maid for the Crowleys when she found herself unmarried and pregnant. Okay, only one guess who the father's going to be. Harold's mother would live to see her son born, but would die very shortly after giving birth. The child would stay on the property, and again, dramatic shocking music, da-da-da! Mr Crowley was rumoured to be the father. Ah, funnily enough. That's why he built that Catholic church for all his fucking confessions. (laughs) The, The Crowley said that Harold developed a mental illness after being involved in a carriage accident. The Crawleys claimed that Harold, as a result of the crash, had begun showing uncontrollable aggressive behaviour. And so for safety, 
safety first. Yeah. You know, I mean, sure, we set that other boy on fire, but now we're all about exactly. occupational health and safety. Yeah, Nike's about civil rights mm. unless you make our shoes. Mm. Yeah. So as a result, um, they chained him to the walls of the back room of the caretaker's cottage. Uh, well, that was cutting-edge treatment back in the 1800s. Where he would remain chained to those walls 24-7 for the next 40 years. What the fuck? 40 years. They didn't even have TV. Going up in the mattress is starting to look good. Yeah, man. Just, just set fire to me. Over those years, Harold grew long matted dreadlocks and was said to howl at the night, which led to the rumour amongst the townsfolk that a monster was chained up in the house. If anyone came across Harold, the eyewitness would say he had hissed and growled at them. It was more like an animal than a person. Can you imagine like walking around that house in a high society event? And here we have our large ornate staircases, perfect for dispatching a maid who may have become in the motherly way. <laughs> and then suddenly <laughs> Unfortunately we do not have a staircase big enough to deal with that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Maybe next year we'll have to build a third level to this staircase. Yes, we put a third level, we can throw him off the balcony like a Tinder date. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've just got paid $2 million to make a commercial about shoving a milkshake at someone <laughs> aggressively in someone's face. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll want, like, time out of their day to be allowed to go to the toilet. Still imagine being the only... The only person in the Juni area yeah. with dreadlocks at that point. Oh, my God. I just had You'd this- have all the kids from school going up to him just going, mate, are you selling? <laughs> Got any sticks? I just had this terrible idea that every now and then they would like, because I'm like, oh, my God, like, surely, like, give him some, you know, like, at least let him have some sunlight. And then I had some I- idea and I'm like, they probably just took the bastard out, like, once a week and tied him up the other end of the bloody tennis court <laughs> so Mr. Crowley could freaking fling bloody tennis balls at him. <laughs> oh, God. 40 uh, years. 40 years. Chappelle Corby only got 15. He shrieked and howled in the depths of the night. Oh, man. Being chained to a wall for 40 years will do that to you. Yeah. Perhaps luckily for the maids at the Crowley estate, Mr. Crowley died on the 14th of December, 1910, at the age of 69. Way. 69, Woo-hoo. dude. Mr. Crowley would die from heart failure brought on, this is beautiful, Yeah, brought on by blood poisoning from a carbuncle <laughs> on his neck, which became infected from rubbing it up against his highly starched collar. Oh. Isn't that the whitest way to die possible? That's the whitest way to die. Oh, just, oh my God. <laughs> and you know what? I think it was appropriate for a man that spent his life rubbing up against the servants. Yeah. <laughs> that he too would die from a rubbing accident. Poetic justice, yeah. <laughs> oh my Lord. His mutton chops <laughs> were in the way. <laughs> 
Oh, my lord, his mustache, it finally became so large. It's, it, it just entangled him while he slept and he died. What a mustache aphysiation. Oh, what a way to go, though. He died as he lived. Oh, lord. Being fucked by the servants. <laughs> <laughs> You're, why are you such a Puritan dog? Oh. Ah, why? Your dog is not impressed by this death. He's not. Or is that Harold? I'm going to start calling him Howard. Howling in the night. dog has got dementia, man. It's barking at a cupboard. Yeah, well, maybe the cupboard's haunted. You don't know. It's mice. (laughs) A short time later, another young woman would die in the house in Mr. Crawley's bedroom. In his bed. In Uh, what was rumoured to be. A failed abortion. Oh, no. Even dead, he still had one last victim to claim. (laughs) On his death, the house passed to his wife. Elizabeth would spend the rest of her life as a recluse. She had one of the upstairs rooms converted to a chapel where Elizabeth would spend her days and nights immersed in the Bible. Praying for salvation Mm -hmm. for pushing pregnant maids over the balcony. Elizabeth would only leave the house twice in her remaining 23 years. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's not even that good a house. Yeah. When you've seen it, it's like, wow, this thing is impressive from the outside, but inside. It's like a reverse version of the TARDIS. It's like, yeah, the rooms are so small. It's that old Victorian principle of keep the rooms as small as possible so you don't have to heat them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But seriously, 23 years. If you actually admit to the murder, you would have got less time. Yeah, and probably more comfortable. On the 12th of August, 1933, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Crawley would die from a heart failure brought on by a rupturing appendix. Fuck, do you live long to have that happen? Oh, God. Can you imagine that, though? Can you imagine? Just like, oh, fuck me, appendix. Fuck my heart. Fuck. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, again, that's, you know, maybe less maids pushed off your balcony, less stress. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there, you know. <laughs> and, you know, eat more vegetables. <laughs> and... You know, don't kill your maids. Yeah. <laughs> after your creepy husband molest them. Uh, and don't, you know, set stable boys on fire. Yeah. All, all very stressful things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, you know, maybe it's the 40 years of howling of the poor boy that you've had, like, tied to your, like, ah, outhouse. Oh, my Lord. Oh, just it's just depressing. It really is. 40 years. Do you think, like, oh, I don't know. Let's just put a little hat on him for Christmas. Hey. <laughs> Happy birthday and to me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. The Crawley children would auction off the homestead's furnishing and its straightly gra- stately grandeur faded as the family neglected its maintenance. The last Crawley family member moved out in 1948. It would remain empty for 15 years. It would stand empty and it would pass under the care of several caretakers until 1963. Jeez, that's a fair while. The first of these caretakers was an older woman. It, she raised alarm as she had not been sound in, seen in town for over two weeks. All of the mail stood uncollected and she had not come down for supplies. Worried townsfolk visited the property 
and following the sound of wailing, found Howard Steele chained alive. Oh my God. Still chained to the wall. He was extremely malnourished and he was cradling the body of the old female caretaker who had been caring for him for the last 40 years. She had died of natural causes. They believe Harold had been cradling her body since she died almost two weeks previously. Ah, stinky. It's probably the first toy he ever had. (laughs) More to the point, she didn't think to fucking unlock the fucking dude who was tied to a wall. Harold was removed by authorities and taken to a mental hospital where he died a short time afterwards. Oh, man. Oh, do you think it was just, he was just so really, he was just like the first time he saw a window was just like, fuck me, that's beautiful, dead. <laughs> it just lay down and disappeared like Yoda. Oh, seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is comfy. I'm on an actual bed. Oh. <sighs> just <laughs> turns into wind. Oh, my God. Somebody just actually acknowledged him. Yeah, just, poor. <laughs> <sighs> Another of the caretakers would not leave the property alive either. In 1961, the caretaker was shot to death on the property. Okay. The caretaker, Jack Sampson, had been relaxing in the caretaker's cottage when he heard a car pulling onto the dirt road of the property. Jack moved to the front door. The young man from town walked to the front door of the caretaker's cottage Jack opened the door and the young man shot Jack in the head with a rifle, killing him instantly. Okay. The young man then stepped over his body and scratched the words, Die, Jack! Die! Ha, ha, ha! In the doorway. Okay. Where Jack's brains were now splattered. In police code, the, the offender was known to the victim. Police could not find any evidence that the two men had known each other. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Could not find any evidence that they had had any interaction or involvement. Okay. Or even how he knew Jack's name. The police eventually reported their theory that the young man had been to the cinema and had watched the film Psycho a few times. So the police said that he had been influenced by the film as no other motive or explanation or reason could be found. How's that for quality policing? <laughs> well, I see he'd been to the movies. <laughs> I tell you what, the pictures, they're no good. They go there with women. They canoodle in the back seat, in the back of an HK Holden. Oh, mm. A lot of canoodling. Yes. And you know what happens in that movie? A gay guy <gasps> stabs a woman in the shower and pretends to be his mum, and that matches the scene perfectly here. <laughs> uh, no, no, um, well, actually, no, no one is gay, and um, no, no, no one was dressed as their mother, and um, like, I mean, no one was stabbed. Um, and this, you know, this isn't actually a hotel, and you know, nobody stole some money, so it's maybe not. Yeah, but if we solve this before five, we can go to the pub. Definitely the film. Definitely, Definitely the, film. the film. Definitely the film. Definitely the film. Bloody Hitchcock. Oh, 
<laughs> there was also a large number of birds nearby. Oh, I definitely saw that crow. <laughs> definitely saw a crow. Rawr. <laughs> At least the bloody howling has stopped. That's yeah. all I've got to say. <laughs> Forty oh. years. Forty fucking years. Oh my god. You know what? They keep talking about they worry about like if we spend like if we send like a rocket to Mars, they're like, yeah. Oh, you know, what is someone gonna do? You know, the person who has to sit up for two years and just sort of man the spaceship. Fuck get Harold. <laughs> I mean, if I could sit in a room for 40 years, fucking two years, like in Mars, fucking piece of piss, man. Just Elon Musk next to this dude that looks like animal. Ah, yeah, yeah, Mars. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, needless to say, they had a problem finding a caretaker after that. <laughs> Funnily enough. <laughs> and the property was essentially abandoned until it was bought in 1963 by new owners Reg and Olive Owen. Good on you, Reg and Olive. Reg and Olive Owen restored the house to its former glory. <laughs> it had glory? <laughs> oh, once we gave the uh, the chains a good fucking wipe. <laughs> Tried to get some of the maid blood up. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, well, we got, you know, this abortion kit taken out of, you know, Mr. Crawley's room. And we renamed the master stairwell the toddler toboggan. You know, yeah, we strapped all the babies down. <laughs> <sighs> Put up a do not jump over this if pregnant sign <laughs> on the top floor balcony. Oh, if you have a maid, do not leave it unattended with Mr. Crowley. <laughs> oh, my Lord. If you stay in your bed past 10 o'clock, we will set the mattress on fire. <laughs> Airbnb from hell. <laughs> Can you imagine? I was enjoying my stay until the owner came in and set my mattress on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I would have rather that they just charged an additional $20 to my credit card. I found this unnecessary and unsatisfying, although was given three eggs at breakfast. (laughs) The cleaning fee was steep considering the maid was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I just saw someone come in and just sort of push some bleach about. (laughs) It's very unprofessional. (laughs) <laughs> the Jack The written in the doorframe. <sighs> Their intention was to open part of the property as an antique store. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, but the property was now haunted by all of the spirits, including Mrs. Crowley and possibly more than spirits. It says the spirit of Mrs. Crawley looms large over the property and she doesn't like visitors. New, iron, new owner Mr. Ryan said, quote, Everything from your dress, mannerisms or the way you talk can influence Mrs. Crawley. She will either like you or not like you and she is the real maiden of the house. Oh. A sensation of freezing ice-cold air is reported to fall like snow to announce the presence of Mrs. Crawley. So if you time it right, you can mm. really reduce your air conditioning bill. Yeah. 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 Oh, just, oh, we, you'd, oh, my God, Australian Outback Summers. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, thank God the Crawley woman's here. Woo! <laughs> just sit there in the lounge room loudly. I might impregnate the maid today. <laughs> yeah. Just whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, that's better. Ah, it's like a blast of winter in here. <laughs> Ooh, forget solar when you've got a Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Now, people have reported all manner of contact and experiences from sounds, smells, sights, and even physical contact. That'd be Mr. Crowley. That'd be Mr. Crowley for sure. In a TV interview in 2015, a member of the Ryan family said that, quote, we don't have a week go by without someone having a reaction to the house by either fainting Asthma attack, hearing things, or seeing full body apparitions. That's a fair range of reactions. Yeah, that's a fair range. Although, if it's Mr. Crawley, it's really only one part of the apparition that you see. (laughs) Schwing! Oh, no, it's a haunted glory hole. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) She slimed me. One of the Ryan's first paranormal experiences was one night when the Ryan's returned to the property and the whole house was lit up. It was like the light bulb um, had been lit up in every room of the house. Someone causing a prank, you think? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good prank considering that there was no electricity supply at the house at the time. Oh, no. As they approached the house, the lights went out. Okay. Reg would later pass away, although his wife and son Lawrence remained on the property. On growing up on the property, Lawrence said, quote, that it always felt like someone was watching me. Olive Ryan reports, I've had a hand on my shoulder. I've had my name called when I've been here by myself. And it's nothing to hear footsteps on the balcony and you go out and there's no one there. Like, what does it take for you to move? These typical landlords just won't fuck off. I know, seriously. Oh, my God, let it go. Do you have a cat? (laughs) There will be additional charges. (laughs) You're not getting a deposit back. (laughs) Mow the tennis court. (laughs) (laughs) It's a community garden now, man. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Oh, I thought I could see dust on the windows hills. (laughs) (sighs) For the last 10 years or so, the Ryan family has decided to embrace the ghostly goings-ons of Monte Cristo. Why not? And now part of the residence serves as a museum and you can tour the house for the cost of $12. $12? They also offer ghost tours and the chance to sleep over in the Monte Cristo homestead. How can we sleep while a bed's up? I'm not fucking sleeping in that place. <laughs> Okay, you can choose to sleep in the servants' quarters. Servants' quarters. Fucking hell. The stables. Yeah, okay. Or even inside the house itself. Yeah. For the cost of $195 per night, breakfast and light supper included. No, thank you. (laughs) 
Breakfast, light supper, and a slight fondling by Mr. Crawley <laughs> included in the price. Oh, can I sleep in a tiny room on an iron sprung bed from the 1850s? Oh. Is it worth it for a scone? Oh, it depends how good the scone is. Some UHT milk and a scone. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Miss. <laughs> That's what they call used to call Mr. Crowley. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ryan suggests that those who stay the night in the servants' quarters either get, quote, the best sleep of their life or no sleep at all. <laughs> Which is why Mr. Ryan says he always leaves the hallway light on because, quote, some people don't make it through the night and drive into town and stay there. They wake up seeing children or the spirits of the servants. Yeah, that's not a great way to advertise your hotel. That being said, am I the only one when they're like, oh, people just get up and leave? There was a part of me and I'm like, yeah, but you'd drive back for your included breakfast, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, you don't just go and leave your, like, yeah, I mean, you've paid for it. Yeah. You know, like. Well, this house is evil. Where's my scone? Yeah, like, pff, you just maybe pack it up and I'll take it with me. Like, I don't care if it's cold. Yeah, like, I'm too cheap. I'd, I'd come back. Just feel like I just went out. I've been on band tours where I've ended up sleeping on uh, the streets. It's like, yeah, I'd stick it out. Yeah. It's yeah. gone. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Come 6 a.m., you're going to you're gonna need that scone. Yeah. Not only that, you've got to do that secondary, you know, check in the bathroom, make sure you've taken that additional cake of soap. That is true. You've paid for it. It comes in the purchase price. Yes. I'm just saying. Um, and your shower cap. Yeah. You know, you've got to take all that stuff. <laughs> Maybe some tissues for the ride. <laughs> some have reported waking up after feeling someone tugging on their blankets. Uh, that's Mr. Crowley. Or most disturbingly, playing with their exposed feet. Oh, he's a creep. <laughs> that, that, has, that is definitely hands down one of the cringiest things that we have found. Like, because oh. there's just something like, I, I can't go to, like, I feel really bad. Like, you know, you, you put your foot out. Yeah. You know, it's like, and then I'm like, oh, I've got to put the sheet over it because it just, it just feels so like you feel naked and exposed. You're just like the devil's going to come in and just. My yeah. Feet. Tarantino's a ghost. Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously. Ugh. But oh, I don't know why. I just have this creepy vibe that I think before Mr. Crowley would like, that's how he'd let you know he was going to molest you. He'd start <laughs> with your feet. Ugh. It just. Can you imagine? Oh. <sighs> Like, just, like you know, there's one thing to float about the room. There's, there's another thing to give your feet a little tickle. Yeah. When the, when the solicitor who worked for 60 years is the least evil one in your family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But, I mean, seriously, put on some bed socks and, you know, just wait for that continental. <laughs> <laughs> Um, others who have stayed in the house have reported waking, gasping for air as some unseen force presses against their chest. Ooh. So they, you know, like they can't, they can't breathe. Like almost like something is sitting on their chest. It's Captain America with the lights off. <laughs> I'll turn on the baseball. Think of, think of, it's the war effort. <laughs> One, two, three, four, done. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> the young stable boy who burnt to death is said to still haunt the coach house and has been heard calling for help. And fair enough. Harold Steele is said to still wander the grounds. The sound of clanking chains herald his approach as he looks to embrace someone just as he embraced his mother's corpse. The Ryans report that, quote, people still hear these sounds at night. Careful, you'll set the dog off. (laughs) Don't. His name is Howard, all right? His name is Harold, all right? Oh, my God. Uh, People also claim to have seen figures and captured mysterious lights on film. And you will have the chance to capture something in the gift shop (laughs) as you exit that proudly declares... You have visited Australia's most haunted house. And I love the fact that the local Aboriginal people have just like not claimed any of this. They've just been like, fuck this. Yeah, you wanted it. This was your problem, white man. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've got a couple of photos here yeah. um, that I managed to find during the research. So, yeah, you've seen the um, – There's really not a lot on YouTube. Uh, it's mostly travel bloggers going through and you know doing their best pretending to be scared. Yeah, with the okay, so you can see, you know, you can see the house which you've seen before, and I didn't put the photo in. What I found is the most creepiest part about this is okay, they've got like another photo, so you can see. Okay, you look down; that's where the town would be. Yeah. So you can certainly understand. Poor Harold is like locked up here. Yeah. His cries would definitely be heard. Oh yeah. Like all across that valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. And I know the guy owns something, but I can't believe not one person was like, um, should we ask them yeah. about the howling? <laughs> the, the obviously human howling. Yeah, you know. Uh, but And the other weird thing is sort of uh, abound sort of like here, like where they have the garden. They have these two – I find cherubs creepy. Absolutely, yeah. They, they're just the creepiest little fuckers. Anyway, yeah. so they have these statues. They're like these four look like about four foot high naked, you know, cherub things. Yeah. And normally when you have statues like that, you know, you would have them at the front and they're out, you know, like looking to your driveway and, you know, looking to the gardens. Yeah. The cherubs are turned so they're staring up at the house. Oh, no. They're like the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Ugh. And I find them so creepy. All right. That's now, got some Ed Kemper vibes as well. Mm, it's Yeah, there's just there's something not right about that where yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's not right. No. Like, okay, now, there is a painting of Mrs. Crawley. Okay. All right. Now, tell me if this is exactly... A woman who modelled herself on late Queen Victoria. Not the young, hopeful and in love Queen Victoria. The sad, depressed. Yeah. Okay, tell me if this is what you, if this is exactly what you pictured. Oh, fucking hell. Looks like Gina Reinhardt (laughs) at a a very bad Day of the Dead festival. (laughs) With a 
really little hat that doesn't fit. Yeah, it's almost like the bad Mexican Jesus restoration. Mm. It also looks like she is deathly allergic to bees. She's just <laughs> been stung in the face with a bee. Yeah, she's part pig. Yeah, I would also not pay whoever painted that portrait. No, it's a terrible, terrible likeness. I also, would you like to see, and okay. I'll put this up on the socials, found a photo. I'm just guessing quickly mm. that that is painted many years after her death. Oh, I'm not sure. Because a very wealthy landed gentry squatocracy type would not put up with a painting that bad. <laughs> it's pretty shit, it's isn't pretty it? Fucking it's pretty fucking shit. It's pretty shit. It's like I year mean, nine art. But you know what? It could have been a it could have been an amazing artist, but then sitting there in between, you know, the your stable boys running past on fire and like the crazy <laughs> <laughs> it would be a little off-putting. Yeah, suddenly it's pancake kitchen time. Do you like do you like go-karts? I'll paint you driving a go-kart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, do you want to see a picture I of do. of the Crawleys? And I do, I find it appropriate that they're called the Crawleys. <laughs> yeah. Because they make your skin crawl. Yeah, they're like the Australian monsters, but deeply perverted. Yeah. Like oh my god, they're like the Czechs, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but yeah. without the human skin. Um, okay. Well, because they've burnt it all off. <laughs> Cleansing fire. All right, I'm going to bring it up and then turn it around. Oh, my goodness. Aren't they exactly what you pictured them to yeah. be? Yeah. Oh, God, look at her. Look at him. He's the, clearly a sex offender. The dog is growling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he knows a Crawley when he sees one. That, it's like the pictures of the Romanovs, but you feel sorry for them. <laughs> what, the Romanovs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not this two. You just look at him and you're like, oh, yeah, he's a sex offender. He's and, a piece of shit. And she, uh, she, you know what? She's a big woman. Yeah. She, she, yeah. She's got eyes that say, I like to push maids off balconies. Yeah, it's that whole, oh, you, you're you this generation, they're not fucking prepared to work. Tried to wake the stable boy up at 4am, he wouldn't do it. Had to set him on fire. <laughs> He's damn, who literally, the guy was a failed farmer and literally got a tip off. Yeah. You know, to like build, you, you didn't get rich because you were smart, mate. Yeah, you had some <sighs> insider knowledge. Oh, my you God. You tickled the right feet. Oh, yeah, exactly. What? Oh. You know, the moral of the story is just that rich people are evil. Fucking oath they are. Yeah. That's join, a- join your union. <laughs> oh, my God. And if anyone, I don't know, like at the Jeff Bezos <laughs> like camp or the Elon Musk house, you know what? Join a union. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. If, you know, your employer doesn't get to do that to you, no matter how much money they have. No, exactly. Yeah. Your boss does not get to tickle your feet. He does not get to throw you off off a balcony and he does not, I repeat, not get to set you on fire while you sleep. <laughs> Those are the basic tenets of liberty that we fight for. Absolutely. Spoken like a true Broken Hill fucking unionist. We invented the bloody union. Woo! Absolutely. Fuck these. Can guys. you imagine? Ah, uh, I think, like, it's... <laughs> I think you're faking it. I know how I'm going to call you out. I'm going to literally set your mattress on fire while you sleep. Dude, I can't believe that's his go-to. Yeah. Like maybe there's like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I don't know. There's going to be, there's going to be some other way to test that that Par- he's faking. Parenting handbooks were very different. 
back then. I'm just glad that the the one totally anti-union workplace I've ever been at, yeah. uh, when I started to complain about the working conditions, yeah. they gave me a an airport lounge motivation book called Who Moved My Cheese. They they could have set my <laughs> what? they could have set me on fire. It kind of redefines all sort of like workplace contract negotiations. It doesn't does, it? yeah. Like, oh, you know, suddenly, you know, um, yeah. Oh, look, I'm not getting my own car parking space, but they're not setting. They're agreeing to not set me on fire. So, you know, work choices. It's a better Australia. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> Are you oh. telling us to join a union, dog? Join a union. Oh. Say something. You've done this twice now. I feel like one of these ghost hunters. Yeah, I know. It's as soon as you get the camera on, nothing. 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 What you got to say? Bark one for yes. <gasps> that's a two. Yeah. So that's a no. That's a yes, no. He's a very Aussie dog. Yeah, yeah nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, little guy, I better let you out for a shit. Yes, I think you better go let that dog out for a poop, which is more than Mr. Crawley would have done. So <laughs> you're already a better parent slash employer than an 18th century monster. Yes. And unlike Captain America, real Mothman ate the carpet. <laughs> 